you put that car? <laughs> it's like it vanished. Oh, no, there it is. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's well. Now you know me. Yeah, we've officially no, I, met. I'm like, I'm like that too. Is that comfortable for you? Yeah, this is perfect. Any anyway. sure? Yeah, I'm a regular fellow. Um, I, you know, it's funny. I, you heard the the Stuart conversation. That was great, man. And that's the roadmap, really, for how we do this. Okay, you know, that was, I, that I, was I, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, that was. You know that 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 knowledge is what people need. You know, and that's the goal. I mean, right. and to speak to someone like you, knowing like where you know where you grew up and how you started and how musical your family is. I don't. You know, it's funny. I I did a lot of research on you. I already really know the playing, and I, and I had no idea that your father was a musician. Well, and that actually the, one of the things I read, and maybe you could correct me if I'm wrong. He didn't really want you going into music, he didn't and want I me in the business at all. You know, it, uh, was, it was so devastating to him. He he was an alcoholic, and he couldn't drive. He couldn't drive a car. Mm -hmm. So he was at the mercy of the, the guys that had to pick him up. Because he worked for Jay McShann, and was famous. Really? Yeah, he did. He did. Work That's for really him. famous. Wow. Yeah, he worked with Jay McShann. Jay McShann used to come to my house all the time. My mother would cook things, and uh, wow, he worked for. Bus Moten, who Benny Moten, he's the mm. early, his brother, you know. Big, what did he play, or what was? My father was a drummer. No, I know what your father played. What did Bus Moten do? I, I don't know. I don't uh, know about any, anything about I him. No, I don't. I have to read on him. And Benny Moten was his his, his yeah. brother. I got to read and and figure out <laughs> what he did. But I used to remember I was a little boy, and the yeah. Bus Moten would come by, and uh, you know they used to talk about the territorial bands at the yeah. time. Yeah, uh, big deal. You know, talk, they talked about Charlie Parker. You know, yeah. a guy named Sleepy that he used to work on, work with with piano player that had worked with Bird. So it was kind of, I wow. got to hear certain things. Yes, you did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's incredible. So your father was playing, your father was playing drums with Jay McShann. Yeah, he played drums with Jay McShann wow. at the time. And Joe Turner, he played, you know, live with, you know, Joe Turner. That You know, it was this place called, it was on 18th and Vine. They, they got different names. I mean, sure. and that's where Joe Turner would come and sing. I got to, I, I had the pleasure to get to play, play with him before he wow. got out of here. That's you know? incredible. Yeah. I mean, because that's the real history. That's really where this comes from. Those right. are the people that, you know, and I'm not surprised. You know, I, when I saw that you were from Kansas City and I saw, you know, that by the mid-50s you're already singing and, and writing your own, you know, basically right. like, you know, records. You're already recording when you're 15 or right. 16, right? Right. So I, I, I was like secretly praying that, you know, there's this connection to that unbelievable, there must, I mean, I'm not surprised, you know, right. did your father play for quite a long time in that you scene? You know, I or? never heard him play. Really? I never got to hear him play that I can, that I can think of. I never, you know, he, he kind of kept that from us in a way of speaking. He'd go to work. Right. And come back. Uh, we went to, I was seven years old six or seven years old and we went to casper wyoming wow and it was a it was a place there that he worked and uh my mother worked there too okay but i ne you know and he used to talk about the sheep herders coming out of the mountains and yeah i mean it was it was a, it was so a lady that owned this black club it was a it was the place that we lived in casper wasn't a segregated place but right it was a place that was called a sandbar we lived at and it was about eight black families out there at that time. This was in the 40s. Yeah, that's... And, um, you know, my mother would have to watch out in the morning because the mountain lions would come out of the, 
You know, because he was haunted yeah, from the garbage, garbage can, so we'd have to wait till they went back up in the hills before we could go to school. <laughs> yeah, that's another. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know, that everybody jokes about, like, oh, when I was a kid, it was so tough, I had to walk uphill right. both ways to school. Like, you had to avoid mountain lions. That's right. like a whole other level of real. Wow, what was it like in 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 Wyoming? But in it was, it was, well, I you mean, know, it was, it was not segregated, but it was pretty rough going to school. I mean, the girls... And I, I didn't care nothing about it. At that time, I was young. I didn't yeah. care nothing about no girls. Really young. All the girls were nice, except the Indian girl. She didn't want to be bothered with me. I guess, you know, <laughs> we was too color. Right. Of the, he's of this color. <laughs> yeah. But the boys, I had to fight every day. Really? Yeah. You know, so it was, it was, it was a little, you know, but, uh, and the teachers were, one, t the one teacher was cool, but... You know, it was, it was a little different, you know. Yeah. I would say that, hey, I, such and such a person did this, and uh, they take to the principal's office, and, uh, you know, uh, I was lying, you know. Yeah. Like that. But the educational system was much better. Right. There. When I went back to Kansas City, I was... Light years ahead of your Yeah, your, I was about peers. two years ahead. Oh, wow. You know. So, at what point, I guess, when did you start playing music or knowing that you know like I, in a weird way maybe if your your education levels higher than your peers maybe you know do you discover music just as a way to keep yourself occupied well or? i had always heard music when i was little you know i mean because uh they had what they call a victrola then and you could yeah. hear you know they played the 33s and on the radio they played the pop I mean, they played, well, they had what they call a hip parade. Mm. They played all the music in Kansas City. I mean, on the radio stations at that time, they played, all, it wasn't about the white or black. They played everything. everything. Really? Yeah. So there weren't, like, race records, and then there weren't, Not like, fair. It did, I, mean, I know nationally. They didn't call them that. Right. They, they just played it. music there. Right. Yeah, I mean, they played it at one time. I mean, later on, it got to yeah. where they had the different things. But mm. in the 40s, it was, they played uh, what they had, they, they called a hip parade. Right. And so they played everything. So in order to work, you had to, I mean, I didn't start working until the, the, when I got out of the Air Force in 1961. I didn't start working until, 19, you know, my brother had a band. Right. I didn't know it because I was a doo-wop singer. I, loved, right. I didn't want to, I, I, I played trumpet in school, but I didn't, I didn't have this tooth. So uh, it was hard for me. Yeah. To the, and the teacher would say, well, hey, bring your lip under, and uh We'll yeah. try to make it amateur, but it was hard. I just didn't yeah. want to deal with it. My father didn't want me to play drums, so he bought us what they call cornets sure. at that time, my brother and I. And so yeah. I struggled with it, and I did play some drum and bugle chord stuff for the American Legion, but I couldn't play a set of drums for nothing, you know. Right. So, um, you know, I did the doo-wop thing, and I loved it, doo-wop, and, I, you know, got, we, got a, we got a record deal on Federal. We did yeah. four uh Sides, and you were the, the guy lead, named Ralph. Bass. You're the lead singer, right? Yeah, and uh, I'm sorry, I interrupted. What was the name of the guy? This guy's the name. His name was Ralph Bass. I think he was a producer that worked for Chess as well as you oh. know uh, King Records had about five labels. Right, James Brown was. Uh, they got him the same time that we were on. If you look at this, about the same yeah. time. But he he got the hit. Yeah. I think we would have had. My mother didn't want us to go on the road, which now I'm glad that right. you know that that happened. But, um, you know. <laughs> May have been a little interesting indoctrination into right. life. Uh, yeah. So one of the guys, he, you know, I had, we had a vocal group called, uh, what was it called? The Carpets. Mm. And um, one of the guys, he went in the Air Force and it kind of broke up the group. Right. And 
So I was getting in, I started getting in trouble running with the wrong crowd. I said, you know what, I'll join, I joined the Air Force. Huh. And, um, you know, we sang. I had a, you know, when I, I went to basic training in uh, uh, Lackland Air Force Base, it was in San Antonio, mm. California, and then I, I couldn't get a secret clearance because I had a, a police record, oh. you know, which I didn't, you know, I, I yeah. didn't do it, but I had got charged with the record. I mean, sure. I finally got it off about five years ago. Really? You know, yeah. Um, <laughs> Took that long. 14 years old, they had, they had you know, when I adopted my great-grandkids. Mm. They had that on there, so... Uh, oh. They expunged it, you know. They sure. It off. But uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't get a secret clearance, so I had to work in supply. Yeah. So they sent me to Korea. I went to Korea, and uh, now when is this? Is this late fifties? This is fifty-seven. So fifty-seven. This yeah, joined, after the Korean War. Right. Right, right yeah. after the Korean War, I went to okay. Korea, and um, I stayed over there. My mother passed away, and I got to come back. Mm. And so they, they, they had a. What they call hops then for the air, where you didn't have to pay right. to fly. So I stayed in Hawaii almost thirty days before going back to uh, really? right Korea. And then they had some groups of guys there that was saying, yeah. and um, it was uh, you know different things. But anyway, when I got to a, I got stationed in Alexandria, Louisiana, a place called England Air Force Base, which is wow. now I don't think it's nothing now. It's yeah. gone. It was attack base. Right. And so I got together and we had a group. The guy that I saw him in Australia in 2010, wow. a guy by the name of Fred Bridges, who was one of the four tops before the four tops became famous. He's their road manager now. Oh, wow. And, you know, I didn't I didn't did, did you, you didn't know at all. So I didn't, when I got to Australia, I didn't know who he was. He, we got on elevator. He said, man, you know, I was in the Air Force with a guy named Jackson. <laughs> Because I didn't, it, you yeah. know, and so There's we no hooked way. up, yeah. you know. But meanwhile, yeah. we had a group called the Five Marcells, and we won all the all the contests that they had. Right. And Fred uh, and a guy by the name of Charles Banks got into it. Fred thought that Charles was messing with his wife, which he wasn't. And Fred had a young wife, and his wife was probably telling him a lot of things. So right. Fred didn't no longer want to be in the group, so that broke us up. So I think that it was either the the, the guys or some come come go with me. Dom 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 dom. It was yeah. either them or the what's this group name called? Been so long. The Chappelle's or something. I don't know. Right. They got the what they call the tops of the pops. They got it. So. Oh okay. Because we were we didn't no yeah. longer got to. So that was a heartbreaker. Sure. So one of the guys he hurt him so bad he <laughs> he he got a special discharge and got out of the service because his beast died. Yeah. So they they weren't so hard on him. So yeah. But we would sing uh, around town, you know, down in Louisiana, and it was, you know, it was, it was, you know, it was, it was what it, when it was the fifties. So you know, it was kind of rough. Yeah. I see, I've seen people hanging. I'd never see them when they started, but I would see that. That's an eerie feeling, you know, to see stuff like that. I mm -hmm. saw that. I mean, that's, that's but uh, I got out in '61. And unbeknownst to me, my brother had a band. Now, he didn't even play guitar when I went to surf. He right. sang uh, second tenor of baritone in the group. You know, right. you always have five people in the doo-wop thing. Was yeah. Big then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, he had a group. He said, well, come on, you know, join the group. I could play. We had a piano at home, so I could play three cars, and I'd stand up and dance and do the little Richard thing and all yeah. that. And uh, 
Well, I was, can I interrupt for two seconds? Sure. When you were in Louisiana, it's probably year, long enough after that, but that's Little Richard, they, he made all those amazing records. Those are New Orleans records. Those are those, right. you know, what's it, his name? A Cosimo Matisse? Or, right, or, yeah, the, 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 the engineer, Cosimo yeah, Matisse. Yeah, Matisse. Yeah, it's a friend of mine that, that made a lot of those. Well, I mean, Earl Palmer made a lot of them, but yeah. it was a friend of mine that played on a lot of those records that I talk with him almost every day that he, he would tell me about Cosimo. He said he was a, he said he was great. He said he don't know how he got the sound yeah. that he got in there. I don't think he did either, but it, it just did. It, yeah. It's the best sounding records. Like that's right. But I just I wondered while you know maybe if uh, during that time if you did you did you spend a lot of time in New Orleans or was I it pretty I far away? To, I never got to go to New Orleans. Okay. But I heard a lot of the New Orleans music. I heard a sure. lot of Zydeco stuff. Yeah. And uh, I heard, uh, um, I heard some of the top guys. Yeah. That were down there. I mean, uh, Larry Williams. I heard Boney Maroney. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, Short Fat Fanny and uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Hello, Young Lovers. Well, teach your lessons and teach your lesson in love. All of I don't know who that was. Yeah. Can't remember. But a I lot heard. of the New Orleans stuff, and I love. That's where I learned how to play drums in a way speaking. Well, that's kind of why I interrupted yeah. because there's such a specific rhythmic and, and a feel thing there that right. I mean that I actually hear in your playing, but it's not so literal. It's right. it's like an elegance in your playing. I just wondered if that... That's where I heard, I started hearing those rhythms. I would see, man, it would be, they'd have a guitar player and a drummer, man, and you didn't miss nobody. Right, that's, It'd be yeah. 300 people in the place, and they would be, <laughs> That know, was enough. Yeah. yeah, it would be happening. Yeah. Know? So I learned, I listened to those beats. Mm. You know, I listened to those beats, and I, might, I think I might have sat down a couple of times at the, we had a place where we could, you know, club, uh, uh, not a club, but a place that we could do and shoot pool and play. Or know, like a PX or whatever they call yeah, it. Like it was you a could PX just... was a store, but oh, it was I'm kind sorry. of a, I can't think of what it was, but kind of like a, uh, I don't know. What it was. I can't, I can't <laughs> My stepfather would kill me for right. saying PX. He's like, what? It's a store, <laughs> idiot. Yeah, no. But, but uh, anyway, a canteen, I guess they would yeah. say something like okay. that. And, um, you know, I messed around with certain things. They had a guy named Jonathan Jarrett was a drummer. I think he was out of New York. And I would watch him, and I was, but he didn't, he was a jazz cat, so he didn't uh, play, he didn't hear the New Orleans stuff. Right. But I heard it, you know, right. I listened to it. And so when I got back to Kansas City and joined the group with my brother, I didn't play drums at first. Hmm. But the drummer, um, the bass player left the group. The drummer could play bass, uh -huh. so that opened up the thing for me. So I had to get it together right quick. How'd you do it? I just practice, you know. That's it. Yeah, I practice every day, and I ask. I would ask people, you know, certain people would tell the drum, the drum chord guy. He would tell me certain things. He told me about the paradiddle stuff. Right. Um, different people would tell me a little different things, but I listen yeah. a lot, you know, and. Uh, you know, I, I, it was, uh, you know, it was still, they called it rock and roll then. Right. You know, so it was. It still had the roll. Like, bom, 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 right. that, that. Or you had the twist. Yeah. You know, and then you had the shuffles. Right. You know, and you had the swing. So it was that, you know, so I, I, I could pretty much, you know, play that. And um, I kind of tired of uh going you know we would go to different places and it, it got kind of rough we went to louis it was a it was a guy my brother had been married at the time and his wife's mother used to dance with Catherine dunham 
Mm. Uh, she was a famous dancer. And so right, yeah. she knew this guy who was a promoter down south. He promoted out of Vegas and a lot of different places. But he tricked us. So he had <laughs> us to go down south. Mm -hmm. And it was pretty rough. He'd had us being, he'd have us to be Otis Redding some nights and William uh, Bell, and we'd get run out of some of those towns. I mean, sure. people would get to shooting. It was kind of, it was kind of right. difficult. And he didn't pay us right. We, you know, they talk about the starvation things with the candy yeah. bars and yeah. the, and the sardines. We did that. We had to do that stuff. Oh. So, my brother and the rest of the band, some of the band broke up during that situation. Went back to Kansas City, and I stayed. For some reason or another, I just... Where, where was this? We were in Miami. I stayed, oh, okay. uh, you know, after all this weeks in Miami. And uh, I, because I got to see a lot of the the R&B artists there that I didn't see in Kansas City. Right. But although you, I, I saw Count Basie, they, they had everybody there. Right. Because Miami was a strip, too, and the guys would come sure. in and play the black clubs, too, you know, right. playing off the strip. They had the, the Fountain Blue and the Eden Rock Hotel. Yeah, the yeah, hotels yeah. Up there. But they had the Peppermint Lounge... And um, Steve Alamo, I met him before he became famous, you know, because oh. he would come into black clubs and, and uh, Little Beaver and uh, the guy that wrote the Clean Up Woman. I met all these guys. Yeah, yeah, know. yeah, before all that happened. Right, and um, so I got a, it was a guy by the, guy he owned a club, his name was Dizzy Jones. I think he and Willa John, Willa John was supposed to be one of the owners, I don't know, but he oh. sounded, he sang like Little Willa John. Right. And uh, <clears throat> the drummer, Cause he was a, I can't think of his name. He stand up and play. He was a great drummer, sang good and everything. His name was Freddie Scott. He, I don't think he was the same Freddie Scott to sing. Hey girl. Yeah, I was gonna say no. I don't Probably think not. he was, but he would get the, the strip. He would get a job on the strip, and I would get the sub for him. Sure. So, the Midnighters came through. Hank Mallard. Yeah. Who I had seen when I was about twelve or thirteen yeah, years old. Yeah, they're <laughs> great. They're so great. Yeah. And they needed a drummer. Mm. So that was my introduction into show the, business <laughs> yeah right the professional well yeah. the really professional sound right. with a name group and the first place we went was nassau Bahamas. oh wow and um we got there on a sunday and we went to some clubs man and they were playing everything that they played in the states but they had the, the yeah. island beat up under you know yeah. they had 16 17 piece 17 piece orchestra it was great you know yeah but i i I couldn't go anywhere over there because somebody thought I was some guy from Chicago who had impregnated three w women over there. And so when I, we, I think it was about a two, two that following Tuesday night. I don't mean to laugh, but I, I got <laughs> I got mistaken at the Canadian border once for, for for a triple murderer. No kidding. So some I, the guy kept me at customs for like six hours because wow. he was like uh, he just would come back and say. Uh, have you ever been here, or is your? Do you know someone named? That? And finally, in French, I just said, "Like, can I speak to a supervisor?" <laughs> it's like, so you get mistaken for the father of three. And I mean, I went to the club one night, a woman screamed, "Ah, that's him!" <laughs> and she said, "Going to me, and I was wearing dark glasses." She said, "Take off your glasses." Yeah. You sure you're not you? I said, I don't even know what you're talking about. Some guy from Chicago. I didn't know. You should have just crossed your eyes and well, you know. Like, <laughs> Hi. It was very it got very dangerous over there. Uh, I, I couldn't go anywhere by myself. People would horrible. see me, I pass by a pool hall, they throw pool balls. You know, and wow. even though I'd be with somebody, if I went to the show, I went to the show one time and the guys pushed me out of the line over there so that's horrible I, you know, I was over there for two, two weeks so I was glad to, to and you're really a kid at this point I mean you're still yeah, you're I'm about 20 20 what 22 something like 21 22 oh. so um, you know we came back so I go I finally go back to Kansas City and I play with my brother for 
a while, and then it was a guy by the name of Herman Bell, who was a guitar player, who used to play with my father, mm. and, a, and, a, and a postman. And so he got a job. He said, you come on, I'm a, you come on and work with me. And uh, I played a cocktail drum, and I learned, that's when I learned all the standards, because we, we would do sure. all the standards. Yeah. So it was a duo. We would do a duo, and then the organ trios came in. The organ. I and I organ. and I read that you did a lot of organ. Yeah, I did. A lot that's of the did best. Them. Yeah, I got to meet a lot of the, the guys. You know, the yeah. top guys that did that, and so I started doing that, and uh, and then playing some jazz, outside jazz stuff too, because they had some guys in Kansas City that were. Up in the miles and train. Even though when I was at the, with, with the Midnighters, I mean, we did, we would do some train stuff be, right. before they would come on because the yeah, you would were, warm up the crowd and yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. The Midnighters didn't like that though. They didn't like, <laughs> you know, they didn't like that. But we did it. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, some guys um, they call the Curtis Brothers. Mm -hmm. um, I can't think of the name of them when they were in Kansas City, but. Uh, I saw him on the Dean Martin show one night. I, oh, wow. I said, man, they made the big time. They yeah. Said, wow. Come on out. <laughs> yeah. So I came out, and I liked to starve to death for about five years because I didn't know anybody. And I would walk 16 to 17 blocks. I didn't have a car or nothing. Oh, wow. And actually, actually we didn't have a place to stay because, I mean, you know, they told me to come out, and they didn't have, you know. I couldn't play their music, number one. Right. Because I was playing, I was a jazz player. I couldn't play no, no R&B. Uh, really? You know, I forgot about that. I was into, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't wow. do it. So, I went on a gig with him, and I couldn't play their music. Wow. And so, you know, they had to get somebody else. And um, wow, um, I called. It was a, when I I came out here two or three times playing, you know, San Francisco, and here there was like the Chitlin Circuit. Right. And I met a drummer by the name of John Boudreau, who had played on a lot of New Orleans hits. Okay. He did some stuff for Sam Cooke here, but he had played yeah. on a, something you've got, a lot of different things he played right. on. And uh, I kept his number. Right. And I found his number when I got here, and I called him. He said, man, I'll get you a gig. Don't worry about it. He didn't. So the gig was with Charles Wright. That's what I was just going to say. Didn't he play with Charles Wright? Or no, he some... didn't. So Charles Wright, was a, uh, he was a chink man. He played on, right. he was a left-handed chink guitar player. He played on a lot of recording sessions, but line was out. But yeah. Anyway, he got me a gig with him, and I'd get on the bus with my drums and go up to 50, 57th and Broadway. It was a strip club, and on the Thursday night, the strip, strippers was off, so he had the gig up there. Oh, I think I was making $12 a night, and I left Kansas City making 500 a week. So, Oof. But, I mean, I needed whatever yeah. I could get, so he fired me about five times. <laughs> Because I couldn't play. You really were a jazz guy. You yeah, really, I mean, like, I couldn't play. I mean, a pocket. You're talking about a pocket? No. I mean, I might play the, the beat once and I'm gone, you know. <laughs> so he, I guess he couldn't get nobody else. So he said, man, you want the gig? I said, yeah. yes. So he said, hey, this play fours. Because he's paying $12. I guess what yeah. nobody going to take that gig. <laughs> and he was getting himself together. Yeah. So I'm, he said, don't play no fields. Just play right. fours. So I started hearing after a while what was going on, you know, right. different things. So it enabled me to, you know, develop a style. Yeah. So, you know, I worked from there. That's incredible. I mean, because, you know, it's so funny. If you look at it from the outside and you hear the records and the body of work, no one would make that assumption. Actually, I wouldn't even think. It's funny. I, I, I made the assumption that, okay, you know, he grew up in Kansas City. I knew that you had done some traveling. And mm -hmm. I would think, like, the jazz thing would just 
maybe not literally be a jazz player, but maybe just you're just immersed in it, the, the culture of it and, and the playing that you can hear it in your playing. Like, it's incredible, actually. You can you can hear that, the, like the elegance of swing with that incredible. It's like an anchor that the, the you know, the beats, you know, wow. it, it it's really it's funny you know i was talking to my partner charlie earlier today i don't mean to really interrupt but That's but right, but, but he said he said something that was interesting and i'd like your take on this he said you know i said hey i'm gonna see you know james gatson later today like anything you want me to ask him because we we have these conversations separately right. and then afterwards we talk about them okay. and the whole point is well what's your take on it and I, you know i got to sit down you know he he loves your work oh, well, and he said ask him ask him about um, you know, the, the thought of the, the body of work with, you know, Charles Wright and how that built up and then into Bill Withers. And, and the thought he had was that that rhythm and, and, and that playing was the game changer for, for him personally. He said, there are so many records on the East Coast that get made differently after those records are released. And, and even up through the way that I, and I interjected I said hey you know like the way that even guys sampled beats and the way they construct you know because you know there's nobody playing on the, you're playing on those records and you're manipulated right I thought it was really interesting like I really agree with him I know like there are certain records my old man worked on where I'm like the kick drum after killing me softly sounded different I felt like there was a thing that happened in rhythm you know right. the kick drum was the loudest thing in the mix it was like straight in your sinuses but I agree with him. I think there's there's playing that you did, particularly yourself. I, I don't think that Steely Dan records would get made the way they got made, you know, if it wasn't for the stuff that you guys worked on and, and the records that you made. But it's fascinating to hear that you weren't even a pocket guy until you were how old? 23, 24? Oh, no, about 20. Later. Yeah, almost 30, maybe That's 27, 28. That's astonishing. You're like the best pocket guy ever. Right, because I, I came out here when I was 26. Yeah. But maybe, but maybe you know, in a weird way, not not to over-romanticize it or intellectualize it, but maybe if you were a lot younger, that elegance and that, and that like, musicality might not have been there. Cause That's it, true. You know, it may have been too forceful. and Right, know. I would have probably had a whole other thought pattern. I thought about that too because I said, you know, if I'd have been taught, I mean, <laughs> if I'd have been a talk player, right. it would have probably been quite different because I'm no, you know, you know, it was quite, quite Donald Dean, Jimmy Lovelace, oh, God, a lot love of the guys, guys came out. Yeah. Uh, you know, we went to school, well, I went to school with Jimmy, Donald was ahead of me. Right. But he played with Wes and he did a lot of stuff yeah. in New York. I used to, in fact, when I was playing with the Watson 103rd Street Band, I would walk to Minton's yeah. and see him. You know? Right. So. He, he played with Les McCann and Eddie Harris and you yeah, Donald, Donald yeah. did. Donald, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, you were talking. But uh, about. Uh, Jimmy Lovelace, he yeah. played with a uh, West Montgomery. Come, oh, okay. I, but I, he I, played a lot at Minton's. He was yeah. like the house cat at Minton's for, for a minute. Yeah. And uh, you know, it was just it was interesting. He he looked down on them. Yeah. He playing that shit. He said, "Man, I went. I see you. I saw you up and he went to the what's the place in uh, Harlem." Everybody used to go. Birdland or? No, the, uh, well, the R&B place. 
Apollo? Or the, yeah, the Apollo. The Apollo. Yeah, he said, man, I saw you playing that shit up there. You know, they would against. <laughs> I know. You know. It's unbelievable. <laughs> you know, and the funniest thing is that there was a certain point where everyone was against that, and yeah. then everyone said, hire me. Like, you know, everyone in the mid-'70s, you know, I don't know what happened, but people well, weren't so snotty. It's probably about they want to make some money. Yeah, they, you have bills and kids right. and, you yeah. know, reality. Right. Yeah, that always cracked me up. But you know? it got, I mean, that's strange because in the 40s, the guys played everything. Right. They didn't, it wasn't about that. Right. And you hear the records, and, you know, and you can tell, I mean, you talk about uh, some expertise yeah. in this field. I mean, it's, those guys were fantastic to me. Yeah. You know. I just want to remark on the recording, you're, what you hear in the background it isn't hiss, it's rain in California. It doesn't happen <laughs> very often, but enjoy it. It's uh, it's it's relaxing. Right. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's funny that you mentioned that guys in the 40s played everything because I think what happened, it, at least, you know, it, it maybe like those sub-generations afterwards, guys specialized and became very protective about what it is that they do. And then I, I feel like you lose all the musicality that, yeah. you know, it's like, great, you're an incredible swing drummer, but there's it's music. Everything is music. Get right. something out of everything. And I don't really, I never really uh, dug you're, that. You're right about that. It got to where, it's, you know, they got to doing certain you know, got out there. You know? Yeah, but okay. So to get back, so you're 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 becoming this like real pocket drummer out of absolute necessity to keep a gig. You know, you're right. you're playing with Charles. I couldn't get no jazz gig. Really? Yeah. I mean, I I had one jazz gig that John Budo turned me on to because because he didn't want to do it. <laughs> well, I mean, he he felt something and he switched off. It was from six in the in the morning, to two in the afternoon, and paid seventeen dollars. And they would be, they'd be six saxophone players. I mean, it was like a jam session. And we had to be up here. Yeah, and Everybody took a solo yeah. until they got through. So it kind of built my chops up. But, I mean, it was a bugger booger. But, I mean, wow. I was glad to get that. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Cannonball would come through. A lot of different people would come through really? over there. Because it was, it was happening, you know. It, now, where was where was this? Where, where? It was on, uh, it was over on the east side. It was on, uh, wow, what street was that? Man, it was called Dupree's. Hmm. Now, just forgive me for the east side of New York, the east, well, east side, side of L.A. Here. Okay, yeah, east side of L.A. All right, on the other side of Central. Yeah, yeah. So they call that the east. Ah, uh, yeah. East LA. So, <laughs> you know, it. You know that I had that. You know, and a few knockarounds, but sure. Uh, and I played. I played. Uh, it was a guy from my hometown by the name of Chuck Rowan. I played with him. Right. For a minute, we sang some four freshman stuff. Uh, the dinner dinner clubs is the dinner yeah. club circuit, then that started getting strange. So yeah, I didn't work with him, but um, you know I, I was blessed. I, I feel you know Charles Wright was a studio musician. Right. And um, I'm just gonna get this door real quick. That's real rain. Yeah. Is that cool? Yeah. Um, and, uh, I didn't. I mean, I, when I I didn't know anything about studio musicians. I mean, we try to make the records at home. Yeah. I mean, we couldn't get them to sound like they did out here. Right. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. <laughs> yeah. You know, but then I found out when I came out here, it was a whole yeah. other thing, the way that they did it and sure. uh, everything. But, you know, they, I, we'd be rehearsing and people would call in for sessions and everything. And they call him, they're looking for a drummer sometimes. He never would recommend me, you know. <laughs> You know, can you imagine that you you the five hundred gold well, records? He probably later. didn't want he probably didn't want me to get in there because he figured he'd lose you. Know, you. Yeah. yeah, you know, but um, you know, eventually I got. <laughs> That's great. The, when you the, the, just uh people's insecurities and and just weird yeah. stuff. That's crazy, but um, I mean, I guess it, at what point 
you know, at what point do you get into the studios and when you, you get around Charles, is it, is it that you guys made hit records and then it was just over? The guys just were like, hey, I want to hire well, James. I, I left the group oh. because uh, it was a song called Love Land that I sang on. Okay. That I was one of the writers on it. Uh, I didn't get the credit. Uh, and uh, when I asked him about it, they had re see, I, it was a guy by the name of Don Trotter who mm -hmm. recorded it first. Okay. I didn't know anything about this. You know, after we'd have rehearsal, they'd go, the guy told me one day, hey, man, I'm, I didn't know what he was talking about. This guy, Don Hunter, he passed away. He said, yeah. man, I'm, I'm going to take care of you if everything happens. I said, take care of me for what? I didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> so I didn't even know the record existed until uh -huh. I said, well, hey, Charles, let's do this record. He was very, he didn't want to do it. He didn't yeah. want to do it. So uh, a guy by the name of Arthur Wright, who was an arranger, he was arranging around town. He did a lot of right. Motown stuff and a lot of other stuff. He brought the record over to my house one night. He brought um, it and said, hey, man, here's such and such a thing. You didn't write this, <laughs> you know, and I listened to it. I said, okay, but that, you know, and it didn't mean nothing to me for some reason. Yeah. Other. So I I kept, you know, hey, man, let's do this, do this. So in the studio, we had we did it, and I had to sing. I sang the horn parts to yeah. the guys, and yeah. uh, we did it, and, um, you know, it became a hit. You know, Charles put my voice on, uh, you know, and... Uh, it became a hit, and uh, when it became a hit, I thought that I should have had yeah. some of it because, of course, I, well, in the first place, after rehearsal, I didn't have a car, so either Charles would have to take me home or Melvin Dunn after the bass player. Right, right, right. So we would write. Of course. We would write songs. Right. You know, Charles and I would write yeah. songs. So Loveland was one of them, and I would pick up his guitar. He's left-handed, I am, too. Right. So I played the first thing, you know, da, da, oh. da, 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 He put that in there. Right. Was it the diminished, whatever. Yeah. He put the rest of it. Right. You know, and uh, I thought I should have had a piece of it, you know. Of course, know. yeah. But uh, I didn't, so I, uh, it, it, I, it just, I just didn't feel right anymore. And, yeah. you know, the first one, when the first, it, you know, was a hit, and then the first 50,000 came out, my name wasn't on that. So he called Warner Brothers, and he told him, said, hey, man, put his name on that feature, James Ganson. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, man, I should, you know, well, you didn't write it, so you ain't got nothing coming, bloop, 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 whatever, you know, and we got into it about certain things, and, um, uh, I just, it, it got to where it was just, you know, when I, it, it, I felt really, I mean, when it was some strange situations. We opened up for the Temptations, Loveland was yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the horns would be in front of me right. when I sang it, so they couldn't see me. Ah. And Charles would be on the piano. He'd put his guitar down on the piano, and he, people thought he was singing. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So sure. So I'm looking at all of this. And I'm sure he played into that, too. Yeah, You know, there, yeah. there's no, yeah. So I'm looking at all of this. I mean, so this is bothering me, you know. Yeah. And uh, so I mean, well, a lot of other things went down. I mean, the money was strange. I mean, I, I come back home and we've been on a four month tour, and he paid me 117 dollars. And um, I thought wow. that was awful. And uh, yeah. the manager at the time, Forrest Hamilton, who was Chico Hamilton's son. Really? <laughs> Charles told us that. I say, well, the manager at the time, we had 12 managers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He said, well, man, the money ain't, now, you know, later on you find out that the promoters pay for the rooms and the airfare. Yeah, yeah. Well, man, the money ate up all of this. Yeah. So Forrest said, well, hey, man, I'll give you the receipts to the airfare and the rooms. So he gave me the receipts, and I filed my income tax, and I got some money back. Some yeah. kind of way, he convinced the IRS 
that that didn't happen. I had to pay the money back. Oh, you know. So so just everything about this. Yeah. So is it just got, like it's just said, you know, bad. I, I said, man, you, I'm I'm gone. Yeah. And I think he was happy for me to go too because really by that time express yourself was out. So he yeah he was rolling too. So yeah. I left, but in the meanwhile, I met Bill Withers over to his house. I think Charles might have managed Bill Withers for a week or two or something. Oh, like really? That. And I met Bill, and uh, I'm almost sure that Ray Jackson, the trombonist mm. in the group, who played clarinet and piano when we were playing with Bill, yeah, uh, worked with Bill to get his thing before Ain't No Sunshine. They right. worked. In fact, they did work together a lot. And then right. Booker T was produced it. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know what happened. Ray was mad, but Bill gave him a percentage of it. Yeah. And uh, the second album, uh, Booker T had by that time Booker T had got busy. Willie Nelson yeah. called him to do that Stardust album, so right. he didn't have time to do it. So right in there, we yep. worked up the second album, and uh, the yeah. rest is a kind of history. Yeah, yeah, like really important. Right. You know, and it's it's yeah. You know, it's unbelievable. I mean, do you still talk to Bill? Do you, I mean, it, I talk to him occasionally. How many records did you got? Did you do? I did three records with him. I did three albums with oh, him, nice. and uh, I'm still. I'm a, now. I'm. A, you know, everybody gets royalties, but me, something strange about that. You know. You know, it's funny that you bring that up. There, there's actually, or maybe in a way, I don't know if there could be some connection to this, but there's. There's kind of like a movement now in guys of of looking back on who's been sampled and, you know, like the Clyde Stubblefields and the, you know, guys that can clearly say, hey, I've been on millions and millions of records sold. Mm -hmm. They're starting to actually collect some money because they played on so many things. Right, but you know, they don't, they, I mean, the union collects and uh, they said they didn't quite have the staff to really go after them. Right. I mean, every so often I get a, I don't get near what I mean. I, like I used a to, special payment on the radio, and I'd hear me all day. Yeah. I mean, they sample me all backwards, day. forwards, and everywhere. Yeah. But anyway, I was talking about the Bill Withers royalties. Oh, know, well, I got some for yeah. I got some for a while, but I didn't get any uh, uh, of the. Uh, I mean, lately it's been strange. I mean, everybody's been getting the royalties that were still living. Yeah, that, you know, but but me, so okay. that's strange. And then I didn't get any any of the writing. I thought I should have got a piece of uh, "Use Me," right? Because I, that was that beat that I made up. Yeah. And kissing my love. Yeah, and kissing my love one, is, is. And I was the one that said, "Put your foot on the rock." Yeah. And he said, "Oh man, you're trying to get me in trouble." Uh, <laughs> but he used it anyway. Yeah, yeah. But the the thing that's weird about that, you know, and I remember. <laughs> You know, I'm real. I was really tight with a lot of the musicians that worked on my dad's records, and I mm -hmm. was lucky enough to work with a lot of them. And it, it's a really weird thing because there are certain things where guys were like, and trust me, I'm on the same side as you because I feel like if someone helped build something, right. it's so weird because you can look back and then you see well something sold 20 million copies. Well, I mean, you just everybody in the band got some writers. About right on something right but me that's really what I, yeah, that I, seems that's what i thought now was, is do you think were you just too sort of laid back about it or did you well did, i mean you, not... he, he, you know i mean i i asked for certain yeah. things and yeah you know what it, it just you just didn't i guess he said well hey man maybe you come up to the house one weekend and we'll write something i guess right. my con contr contribution yeah. wasn't cool enough 
That's insane. I, I wouldn't even think that that would be a possibility. If well, it, I mean, that's I mean I that's that's, that's the is. way I look at it. You know, I guess yeah. you know that's you know I mean, and I would have to look at it like that. I mean, I'm not bitter. About no, it because I can't be. Because I mean, if you do, you ain't gonna you know. You yeah. But I mean, I but, look. Okay, so I guess the question would be, instead of being. Because you don't seem bitter at all, actually. No, you, you know, you bring it up, but it's it's a matter of fact way of bringing mm -hmm. it up. Do you think there are? Because I know, listen, even in my own career, there have been situations where you're connected to something, and it's just so iconic and and also commercially successful. Do you think there are things that came out of that experience where you know that there's this work built into, you know, maybe a a couple decades worth of work because people are like, hey, you did this, I need you. You know, well, like, yeah, does it create I mean, other opportunities uh, where maybe you I, um, capitalize on that? I think that uh, I, I'm, I'm sure that it has something to do with me yeah. going to Motown. I mean, what happened was... Oh, that's right, because uh, they came out here, yeah. I was producing a guy that used to, to do the Bill Cosby show, do the music of Bill Cosby show. Who was Stu that? Gardner. His name yeah, is Stu yeah, Gardner. yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I saw this, this contractor one day. He said, hey, man, you James Gadsden. Uh, I have been looking for you for two years. Can you read music? I said, yeah, I was lying. But I went home and, and Always lie. <laughs> yeah. I went home and studied, though. I got yeah. it together. But uh, they started calling me for the Motown days, you know, and mm. uh, that was a different thing than what I was playing with Bill, though. They wrote everything out. I mean, wouldn't they? They would yeah, they write wrote, drum They party. would write the open, close, high-hands, everything. <laughs> they wrote everything out. But yeah. it was good for me because I went home and studied. I got me a rhythm book, yeah. and I went home and studied. Yeah. Because, I mean, I thought that everybody, I thought that all the producers could read music, but they couldn't. I, but music. I thought they, they could. They could barely read English. Yeah, but yeah. I'm thinking that, hey, you know, yeah. and, and I would get a headache sometimes. You can't yeah. say, hey, man, this is what, play this there. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm studying, I said, that. you know, uh, I'd get a headache. I said, that ain't what I studied. But, yeah. you know, because I was so, I wanted to, to be right so. Yeah, know, so yeah, bad. yeah. But, you know, after a while I got it. And, but the guys told me, said, man, the reason why we called you for these sessions yeah. was uh, we want, they wanted me to sing. Really? The producer said, man, we want, we want to cut a record on you. But the Loveland thing had, had messed me up so bad yeah. psychologically. That I, I, can I mean, I stayed hoarse for two years really? because it was higher than what I wanted it to be. Right. The song that he wanted me to sing was, was too high. Right. For me, you know, my voice. So, I mean, I just didn't want to deal with the same thing. So, yeah. uh, you know, God's will, I was able to hang in there as a drummer. Yeah. And, um, a little bit. I, yeah, I think Dancing Machine was one of the things that really got me in. Yeah. Well, what happened was, and I still wasn't reading that good. Right. They had a, uh, the introduction. Bom, bom, yeah. Bom, 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 bom. Well, they played it as it, you know, Arthur Wright was, ironically, he was the producer. Yeah, yeah. So I said, bah, bah. I said, boom, 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 boom. I put the foot in and yeah. everything stopped. I said, I know I'm fired. Because <laughs> I would be in those sessions sometime, and if the guys couldn't cut the part, they would call them out, yeah. pay them a half a session, yeah. and they was gone. Yeah. You know, by the grace of God, I stayed. For some reason or another, they kept me, yeah. you know. But anyway, that kept it. But hey, man, I was. Can you do that again? I said, Yeah. I was so nervous that when ba 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 da da, they had to cut the tape. I couldn't play it right, you know. <laughs> That's unbelievable! Oh my God, it's such so, a great record too. So you know, I think that that you know that was one of the things that they That's liked it, great. and so that uh, 
you know, things like that. And then I played on, I got to play on, well, I played on, after Smokey Left the Miracles, uh, that was a different beat. Yeah. To, uh, what was it called, Do It Baby. Yeah, 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 of course. That, and, um, you know, I did Diana Ross's Love Hangover. I mean, you know, sure, quite, a, yeah. quite a few quite a few things but um but it's, it's really it was a different it was a different from what they, the motown yeah no sang. it was so definitely the, like that what i played you know that period where it wasn't you know it's funny it's it's like that transitional period between what they had been doing and sort of what you know sort of what was coming right it still was really musical and it didn't end up being like disco yet like right. I, you know and there's, there's some great disco records and don't get me wrong but right. there is a thing they took over and it was like uh what just happened and in a, in a weird way nowadays it feels like that's really pervasive like this sort of like four on the floor like, yeah but they st you still hear it in a lot of records though i mean yeah no you, you know, it's in a ton of records right i know. mean they say it's pervasive you don't hear the but you hear this. Yeah. You hear this. I mean, I I hear it all day yeah. on so-called hit records that they yeah. got there now. No, no, for sure. But but that period, did they, you did you work with, did you play with Marvin Gaye? Did you do any? Yeah, I did. Uh, I did. Uh, uh, what was that? The big album. Uh, what was the name of it now? Uh, I Want You. Oh. But, yeah, I played the I Want You album. Wow. And Family Houston had a hit. It was kind of disco was coming in. Don't, don't leave me this way. That yeah, uh, that was Teddy huge. Pendergrass it did. Yeah, that's right. That's um. Did you play on that? Yeah, I played on that. That wasn't a Philly record. No, that was hers. Was here. Hers was here. Okay, but right. he had written that. He had okay. Right. Because I mean that's a whole other thing that that scene in Philly at the same time was right. also yeah. Well, Philly, see, Philly had a thing. I used to, I loved I used to love the orchestrations that came oh, out of there. I mean, well, yeah. I, I was a Philly cat. Yeah. I mean, I I'm not from Philly, but I, I always because it was kind of remind me of the doo wop guys. And, well, it's a heavy doo wop city. Yeah. I said, well, hey, you know, this is although Marvin was a doo wop guy too. Because Very much. Yeah. Harvey Fuqua. Used to, you oh, know, he was the yeah. Moonglows guy. And he told me, he said, I was the one that brought Marvin in. Yeah. And you could hear Marvin's different, certain runs that he would make sometimes. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. He was a doo wop cat, so. I Very mean, much he, so. There's yeah. there's a record he made, and maybe you played on it. I don't know the, the, the musicians, I don't know the credits, but he made that Hear My Dear record. I didn't get to play on that. You one. didn't play on that, a friend okay. Friend of mine did from Kansas City, though, Melvin Webb. Oh. From, he passed away, but he, oh. he played on that, though, because he toured with. Marvin, so he that so he got to play with he got to play on that with that but that's a masterpiece though. I want to send you something because it'll either make you you'll either really enjoy it or go what did you do to this? Because you're speaking to the doo wop thing of of Marvin the song here my dear. Mm -hmm. I was sent uh, Harry Weinger at, at the guy that runs uh, sort of the catalog for Motown. He had a bunch of different producers. Uh, oh God, and I've I've ruined some songs remixing them, but I did a remix. But I added no production. I, I took the song, and when I heard it, I just thought to myself, this is really a doo-wop song. Mm -hmm. And it should just be the keys and his voice and just a little lilt of the drums and build up to the end, you know, like, all right, baby, bum, 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 you know? Yeah. So when you just hear the keys and his voice, 
it's like this mid-70s doo-wop record that you would never expect. It's He sounds incredible, but I'll send it to you. It's, okay. It's I'll just like, there. yeah, it's just But I mean, you thing, start, but, you, we're starting to hear inflections of different things now because the yeah, younger crowd, I think they've, they've gotten to where they heard, they heard, start hearing these things. Through the sampling, I think they start hearing other things. Yeah. So you're starting to hear inflections of what was happening in the 70s and even the 50s. And, you know, they're going well, back, which is good. Yeah. It's, they're all connected. Yeah. It's just, it's weird. The doo-wop thing regionally was, re it, you know, there was a Baltimore thing. There was a Philly thing. There was a New York thing. There was a right. Bronx white thing. There was a Bronx black thing. It was right. something about, you know, it's weird. You see all these now, you see these boy bands and you, whatever. It just seems like doo-wop is just a thing that just, it's almost like barbershop quartets. It's just kind of done. Like, right. that. I don't feel the... I don't feel those harmonies or that production style. It's weird. It's kind of sad. Yeah, they don't in a way. do it. They don't do it as well at all. And, and, no. And when you speak about that, I mean, you had in Chicago. You had all these well, different, I, different yeah. uh, sounds. Cats were had these different sounds and the harmony. You had to be able to sing yeah. damn too. See? Well, you yeah. mentioned Chicago. I think like something about Chicago. It seemed like you had to do everything there, or you would just get just violently removed from the state. <laughs> I think I always mean. You know, my father worked with Eddie Harris a bunch and. Anytime I was around Eddie, I mean, if my handwriting was bad, he would yell at me. He yelled at you. If you didn't do something as good as you, you know, as well as you could possibly do it, he just would let you know. There was something about, I know Chicago, something's in the water. You know, I, worked you know, with, I got to work with him. I had a pleasure working with him in the 90s. I got to work with him for a couple of years. I went all over Europe with Eddie Harris. Well, I know he didn't yell at you. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, you know, he kept me, I, I didn't go nowhere. I stayed in the hotel practicing all the time right. because, I mean, he, you know, it, it was, you know, because this was back to my jazz shops and he was yeah. a fusion cat. Yeah. And um, and a real jazz was, guy. Yeah. I mean, he could really, really yeah. play. But he told me, he he, he, he said, man, I, he didn't like Sam Cooke. So, he and <laughs> Sam Cooke got into it. But he was crazy about Bo Diddley. Yeah. He said he, he said he used to go in the corner and play with Bo Diddley. He said yeah. Bo Diddley was cool with him. But uh, you know, it's wow. Go figure. Wow. Okay. How about liking both of them? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess it might have been a personal thing. I yeah. think it was a personal thing. Eddie was a guy that could stay mad at someone. You know, yeah. I think it was Les Les McCann got up at his funeral, and he was the first person to eulogize him. And he's and I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna say it. He got up and he said, uh, Eddie Harris was a bitter motherfucker, and the whole room fell out because he could you know he yeah. could be angry but yeah. eddie was also i saw eddie do something in montreux at the jazz festival in mid 90s like 94 he they had an atlantic jazz legends night and as they do with those things unfortunately uh they had their current roster and they brought in guys that were like the old guys okay so eddie took this very personally he wanted to make sure everybody knew that eddie was here so they played, um, I think they played uh, Confirmation, uh, no, 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 what did they play? Like Cher Cherokee. Okay. So he made sure that they played it in every key. And <laughs> and, and he soloed last after like Josh Redman and Gerald Albright and, uh, you know, a guy named Robin Kenyatta was from the older. Okay. Eddie played everybody's solo back that what? had just played and then took his solo. That's it, that's it yeah. And he won. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was it was nice. stellar yeah.
But, uh, wow, I didn't realize you played with Eddie. Wow. Oh, know. man, he used to put the trumpet mouthpiece on the saxophone. Yeah. And put the saxophone mouthpiece on the trumpet. I mean, I learned some amazing things from him. He was out, but maybe that's yeah. why. Yeah. But he could yodel better than the, the <laughs> I mean, right. he, right. you know, he would do the yodeling thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, and yodel through the changes and yeah. stuff. No. He he had that monk thing where he some nights he could do three voice harmony. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh right right uh, that Tuvan uh, yeah. monk singing. Yeah. he had you know so, I mean I learned so I had to, I stayed in the hotel because he had me practicing. I mean practicing. I'm trying to yeah. to keep up with this. Wow. But um, you know That's yeah incredible. he was he was different. He was different. So when when you were working at when you were doing all the Motown stuff like at what point, what happened? I've always wanted to ask you this. Because I never met you. I've never met Mr. Gadsden, just so everyone knows. This is the first time we're having a conversation. It's pretty good. What happened, because every, every drummer I speak to, I always say, what happened when drum machines came in, for you personally? Did you just not care and you just kept going? Or? Well, uh, drum, drum machines put me out of a lot of work. because yeah. The land is, that's me. Yeah. The land 2.1 is me. Roger sampled you? Yeah. They, I called him. He claimed he didn't know nothing about it. But I found out from the guys that met fix the lens out in the valley mm. they told me you know and I, I used to work for a guy who was a producer his name was freddie perrin he did pieces yeah. and herb and all yeah people. i think that's where i think the guy told me out there that's where they got me they got my sample from so they took like multi-tracks and ice you know they isolated yeah, they took the all drums. that and then i mean i could program it and and, and i got some i don't know if i still got them some chips right that was me i, I knew it was me they had the wow the, it was me so I on. didn't work a lot. I didn't work. Guys used to tell me, say, man, I overdub on some stuff you did last week. And I know I wasn't on the uh, session. Uh, hello? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So you I did? know for a fact, you know. So at that point, do you do you switch to, to touring more? Or well, did you switch I didn't to... do anything because I thought no. I was through. Really? I mean, I wish I had a tour. I mean, I didn't know I was, I was, I was devastated. I can imagine. You know, I didn't know because I've been doing all these sessions. And so I didn't want to go on tour. I, I, by me, what happened was when I was working with the Midnighters, going back to them. Yeah. We would do those starvation tours. I mean, we would get paid, but I mean, they would scare me to death. They called me the, the what they call me, uh, the, the Cobra, because I wouldn't go to sleep. Because they would be doing. We would be in Los Angeles today. We had to be in Little Rock, Arkansas tomorrow night. I, uh, they driving 120 miles an hour. I'm scared to death. I'm yeah. looking and they say, what's Let, the, the Cobra? Well, they was used to it. They burn up a car in six months, you know. Yeah. So I didn't like to them. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, well, that what's was, to that, like about that? That's yeah. absolutely frightening. But, you know, you they know? probably had some better tours, but I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. You know, I didn't know. So when they when I seen when I came to California and I found out they had studio music, I said, man, if I could do yeah. studio music. Yeah. So I didn't even. I mean, people had offered me. Tours, I didn't want to, you know, I right. didn't think about that and how much fun it could be now that I see, that sure. you, you know, because you get to play. But um, I didn't do it. I didn't, I don't, I didn't do anything for two years. I mean, you know. I well, mean, now what year is this? Like, like early 90s or? The 90s. So, like, okay. Because yeah. that's kind of, yeah, I yeah, can see. The 90s, is, it just fell off boot for me. I mean, right. because, I mean, when the land came in, it really, it really uh, yeah. took my work. And, um, Bobby Watson, who played with Rufus, sure, yeah, came over here. I think it was no, well, no. First, it was uh, uh, Paul Jackson Jr. Sure, not not Paul Jackson Jr. Paul the, Jackson, the bass player, the bass player, Mike Clark and Paul yeah. Jackson, the one who played the, the, the yeah. real yeah. shit. You know? Yeah, uh, yeah. Some kind of way he called me, and I went to Japan. 
Oh, he's he, he doesn't he live there? Yeah, he still lives. Yeah, there. he's he lives you there. Know? So I played with him. I went over and played with him, and it was cool. And um, oh, I didn't great. think no more about it. Because, I mean, it was four o'clock. I went over to Japan. I didn't like it. I didn't get to see that much of Japan when I went away with him. Because you just work. I, I've done well, those I tours. Just one gig. Oh. And he took me around. He's yeah. you know I'm I'm, I'm going to be promiscuous and everything, but it wasn't yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah. We four o'clock in the morning. We played, and yeah. that was it. So in '92. Uh, oh wow. Watts. What was his name? The guy I called. Uh, it was with Rufus. Bobby Watson. Bobby Watson. He came over and said, man, you want to go to Japan? I said, yeah, I'll go to Japan. And then, yeah, Can we go for more than two days? <laughs> that's pretty rough. So I, I, that's, you know, I started going to Japan, and so I started yeah. playing again. Yeah. You know, I started playing in the clubs, you know, because I was scared to death to play in the clubs and everything. I said, man, hey, you know, my, my, they see me playing in the clubs. They ain't gonna, if they call me for a session, they ain't going to want to pay me, or they might not want to call uh, me for a session right. no more. Right, right, right. So, I mean, this was... They might, there's, yeah, you know, I can I'm see what you're saying, you know, perception. But... And but I felt real bad. I felt real different. Right. And when I once I started playing again, and I started playing in the clubs, I was all right. Right. So I didn't care. I said, well, hey, if they call me if they want to. They call me. They still gotta pay me. Right. You know. Right, so right, they, right, right. You know, they start calling me from yeah. time to time. But that was what was missing. I didn't play because I figured that hey, you know, I would go out and listen to bands. I didn't. Play. I just didn't play. I mean, and uh, that's what was wrong by me not playing. Yeah, it makes it worse. It took something out of me. So when sure. I started playing again, then I said, you know what, I'll never stop this. You know, I right. said that this wasn't wasn't cool. So yeah. I mean, I played the blues. I played everything. Well, I played the blues when I before you know coming up. Yeah. So it's all music. I mean, you know, it's it's just you know I I I still love to play. That's I yeah. don't. You know, if I didn't like it, I probably wouldn't do. It. But I love. Yeah. And then I got uh, a jazz yeah. gig next month. Well, next week. Oh. At Catalina's with some people. Oh, nice. You know, huh? Who are you playing with? Uh, Larry Nash and uh, well, he's the guy, huh. and uh, some other guys. I can't think of their names. They famous jazz. I mean, they play yeah. with big, big name people. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna get my ass kicked. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, sure a, I'm gonna I'm do sure. it. You'll be fine. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I got. It's, I, I I don't. I'm not back really back to where I should be on that. Right. But um, it's it's great to be playing. You know. Yeah. It's great to still be playing, and I'm not. You know, after all these things, you know, you think about them, the things that, ha I mean, I think about the good things, all the records that I played on. I played on a lot of records. And, you know, I got to play with Paul McCartney even. I mean, that's the Right, biggest, right, right, right. You know, was that in uh, 2005, 2006? What's that record when, called? I don't remember what it was. Creations, Chaos and Creations in the Back. Yeah, that's, yeah, a couple of records. I ago. played with uh, Lady Gaga last year. I had a set, got to play on a session with her. I mean, you know, you get to, so, I mean. See, the way I look at that is she got to have you on a record. I, you didn't get to play with her. She got to play. Well, but it was I'm cool. Sorry. She was she was she real was cool. cool. Yeah, real cool. She's really bright. I could see her being like, "Wow, you yeah. know, this is yeah. you know really important." But you musician. know, so I get to play with different. You know, I mean, so I mean that in itself. You know, you get to play with certain maybe some of the, the young artists that have come up. They yeah. like you. And you say, "Hey, can I get such and such a person?" Yeah. And I mean, they always say, "Hey, it's a pleasure to have you here." Or such and such. And so right. I mean, that is you know that uh, is great. I mean, I mean, I yeah. think that that's 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 really nice. Well, I, I have to say, like, I thought one of the hippest things I, I had seen any, like, you know, he's a peer of mine. We're the same age. When I, when I saw that Beck was hip enough 
to go, hey, you know, I could sample this stuff or I could just go to the source, mm -hmm. you know, and I guess you played on Sea Change, you played on, you know, for, uh, I'm trying to remember the name, even the latest record for Beck. Yeah, I played on a couple of things. A couple yeah, of he things. He called me, I could, I was sick. He uh, called me to do some other things. Right. I just, I was sick that day. I couldn't come. It was probably with the orchestra. I, I know right, because he's got a lot of string things. His father is his father. a great. Unbelievable, arranger. like yeah. arranger. No, I mean his father. I think. Had you worked I, with him before? I think so at Motown. I think his father was the one that suggested Beck to call Beck you. Call me, right? You know, I, I mean, think so. You know, and uh, he's great. I mean, he's he's fantastic. One of the best yeah. I've ever heard. I mean, he's yeah. ooh, it's I mean, really really. The real when we thing. were doing sea chains, and I was playing, man, and they, they, oh. I had never. Yeah. It was I had <laughs> I had yeah. to really be on it because yeah. the movements that he had and you know he knows how to write for the bowls and everything. yeah 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 and it yeah. was it was that must be so you know I, I thinking <laughs> thinking about that I've I've only written stuff like that I've never been immersed in having to play with and against something like that it's got to be moving it's yeah. got to be pretty emotional because it was you know I mean because he had a lot of different movements in there that weren't four four yeah. You know, going against that, I don't know what they if they use, but no, right, he was. Yeah. The string players came out and said, "Thank you." Say, "We, you yeah. great. You held the time." I said, okay. <laughs> "You know, it was cool. <laughs> we did it. Yeah, success. Yeah, I mean, and and there, it's that record in particular. I think that's that's actually my favorite of his records. Like, okay. I, I think that that's just a really this one beautiful. Is, a beautiful. I don't know it yet. Too. I've heard it. Yeah, you don't have one. Uh, no, I, I I've only heard it. I, I listened to it yeah, online. I, I got some. I got another oh, one I, I couldn't do that. That's the one they sent you. I, I got another one. He sent me. He sent me three. Wow. All right. Let it be known that I I, I am I am reluctantly accepting this offer. It's very cool. Thank you. Um, but do you you know? It's funny when we first spoke on the phone. I, I said you know because I, I I met you briefly. I don't know. You wouldn't remember this because it was at the Nam show. I was I was walking around with Sonny Levine. And I met I you, and I was like, you know, duh, you know, nice to meet you. It's a horrible place to meet somebody, you know. Everybody's talking to everybody. But that's yeah, that's where you, that's the hang, though. It is, you know, yeah, so. it is the hang. But <laughs> but it's a very distracted, you know, oh, yeah. uh, you know. Right. But I remember meeting you, and and we and Sonny and I walked away, and he was like, you know, James will play on stuff, and I was like, no way. And he was like, yeah, you know, if 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 you're cool with them, and you know, you take care of them, like. You know, you'll you'll do sessions, but then I called you and you're like, well, I'll play on stuff, but you know what? I really need to be in the room with the artist because it can get a little weird if people just send you stuff and you play well, on it and send it back. What, what happens is, I mean, I've had people to, uh, that's, I mean, I'm real sensitive about that. I mean, yeah. I've had people to send me stuff and I played it and, well, you know, that wasn't really what I wanted, so... <laughs> Well then, what do you? I want? can't read your mind. You, you know, right, you, yeah, so that's the only thing. But I mean, yeah. you know, by talking to you, I I figured I, it would be cool. You <laughs> okay, know, I yeah. mean, after I met you, you know, yeah, you, well, that, thank because you. Because you, you enter the music, you would know what you would want. To. Sure, yeah, I so would. Yeah, that would be that's cool. That's the but, thing. But it is. It's it's an interesting time, you know, to think that, you know, you went from making doo-wop records. Uh, you know, singing at 15 or 16, making right. records. I, where did you rec did you record them in your? You see, you, just, you didn't do it in your living room. Did no, you they it? did. They, they did it at a place called Damon's. Damon's, in the 30s, was a, it was downtown Kansas City. Right. And they did. I think they were still doing radio spots down there, and they probably right. they did some records down. I mean, they could make records down there in the 30s. Sure. So uh, they brought in um, the, some of the Kansas City musicians that. Some of them knew it was a Joe John Joe who was jumping Joe, 
I can't think of his name. He's a saxophone player, but he was he was pretty famous around. I think he had some Jumpin' Joe Thomas or somebody. He had some records that was pretty popular at the time. And um, yeah. some of the Kansas City musicians, they still wasn't hip to the doo-wop thing. Though, right. together, cause we kind of had it. Yeah. We were kind of uh, at odds against each other because I, I didn't sure. know what to tell them then. And I'm saying, hey, we, we feel like this. Yeah. And they didn't know, you know. <laughs> yeah, they didn't was, know what this meant. Yeah. Right. So that's, was, that's wild. But, I mean, it's like you're in a studio that probably had, a, like, a mic, you know, or a couple of mics, yep. one mic, right? That was it. And you, you got to do it in one take. Now it's like, hey, right. James, I'm going to email you a song to play on. It's like, the, right. it's so radically different, you know. I, I mean, I feel lucky enough to have, pl I, you know, I mean, to tell someone like yourself, oh, I've played on a bunch of records. I have. I've actually played on a bunch of records. I know what it's like for an engineer and a producer and an assistant, you know, like the whole team to be there and an mm -hmm. orchestra. It, it is, you know, I'm, I'm over your shoulder right now. I'm looking at Pro Tools. You right. know, I'm looking at software and it's like, you know, there. it's funny. You know, drum machines put you out of business for a minute, but you made it back. Right. Pro Tools... And and since and software put everyone out of business except for a handful of people, but right. but everyone still, if you have that ability, you work you work your way back in, you right. know. But that's true. It's it's such a different time, but you know it's funny. You were saying, well, I was doing these gigs for twelve dollars a week. You know what? Those gigs still exist. Yeah, <laughs> I know. People, <laughs> you know, Charlie know. and I joke yeah, about the twelve fact. a night. Yeah, I, twelve a they, night. Right. Yeah, and they do still still exist. It's unbelievable. Right. Like you right. know, talk about not adjusting for inflation. You know, right. we were talking. Charlie and I were talking. Like, I, I literally got called for a gig recently, and it was like, it was like, oh, uh, I have forty bucks. And I'm like, is it 1989 again? Like, you know, it's 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 not changed. Everyone else is, right. you know. But I digress. But but a lot of people just don't know. Yeah. I mean, a lot of you know, everybody wants to make a record now. That, yeah. And so they don't really know what. A lot of people don't. Yeah. They you don't. Know. They don't know about the sense of community. But. Right. I mean, I do a lot of favors. For yeah. People. Uh, I mean, I don't have to now. I mean, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know. But you know, I love to play, and you got friends, and you want to help them. Yeah. And I, I would do that. You know, I, I don't have no problem with that. Are you making your own record? Yeah, I'm making, I'm making, I'm making my own record. Do you want to explain just a little bit of it, or you want to keep it secret? Well, or no, you... I mean, I'm, I'm a, you know, I, I, I uh, should have, I should have done this thirty years ago, you know, but I'm doing it now, just uh, singing. Nice. You know, and. Uh, I'll play you something if you want me to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we can. We don't have to record it, but um, yeah, yeah. I don't want to record it right now and put it no, out. No, but, no, no, no. I'll play you some things, but uh, oh, I, I'd love uh, to hear some. You know, I, I said, you know, I need to do this, and yeah. I, I had a try about. I guess a little over a year ago, I had put together some people uh, for a band. You yeah. know, I said, well, I'll do some stuff in a. You know, maybe I go to Japan and Europe and yeah. and do some different things. And uh, what I what I did was I told everybody in the band. I said, well, you know what? We'll all sp split it down the middle because I've been in situations where people have gotten the butt end of it. In yeah. Well, you're me. probably more importantly yourself, right? You know. But the personalities started conflicting, yeah. and I couldn't. It just couldn't work. They, you know, I saw certain things because I've been I've been on that road. More than twice, so I saw certain <laughs> things. You know, I said, "Well, you know what? It looks like I'm gonna have to do it myself." And so, yeah. 
I did it. I've been, I've been working on it. And, and I mean, I'm blessed because almost everybody will come in and play for me. Sure. You know, so. Sure. So it's cool. That's great. You well, know, that's so, really so, good I to mean, hear. I haven't, I mean, I haven't used uh, a lot of name people. Uh, you know, one guy that I use to name people, but I mean, I just want to get it done. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if I, if I still got time to, you know, go do some things singing. Yeah. You know. Well, I think that's great because I know that you, you know, and maybe we can wrap up with this, but I think that's beautiful because I think. Well, I mean, we don't have to wrap up until you want to. Oh, no, no. Okay. But, but I was going to say you released a single. Did you not release a single in the, like in the early 70s? Um, no, uh, uh, what was that? It might have been after the, after the Watts band. If I left yeah. the Watts band, I was, I was signed to Cream Records. That's it, right. And I did a song called Got to Find My Baby that sounded something like Loveland. It's a great song. I mean, And uh, Charles told me he went to Warner Brothers and, and made them pull, made, a, made Cream pull it off because it sounded too much like Loveland. Right. And, uh, you know, well, man, you took my, well, you know, I thought that, yeah, you, you know, took my song, so why not, you know? Yeah. yeah, so, and another one I had that I found out, I didn't know until two years ago, a guy sent me a magazine article that he had written, um, it was the name of the title of the article, was called What Can You Bring Me? It was about, oh. he and Charles and I was, was always at odds with each other. Mm. We weren't that much at, at odds with each other, but I had written a song called What Can You Bring Me? And Robert Palmer did it. Uh, I didn't know nothing about it, uh-uh. and it was it was in the seventies and seventy six. He did a video, yeah. on it, so it had to be a hit. Right, right, right. It was on Island. It was yeah. on Island Records. I, I know that record. I didn't find out until I went on that's, YouTube. And is that saw the it. New Orleans record he made? Is I that, think Chuck Rainey was on it. I don't okay, know so well, yeah, maybe that's right before that. Yeah, you know. So I mean, I ain't seen nothing. Yeah, you wow. see what I'm saying? Wow. So. You know, you find out this thing. I didn't, you know, then I, you know, I didn't know anything about the business, and then it got to the point to where he would tell me, say, "Well, hey man, if anything you write, I got to have uh, half of it." You know, okay. I can't have half of what you're writing. Yeah. So I said, you know, this things like that. If you're sensitive, which I am, you don't want to write. Yeah. Like that, if it's gonna be a, a right up like that. Why I mean, bother? Yeah. We in the same group, and you're gonna take my stuff. Right. You know. Yeah, the the business part of this, if you don't know, if you don't know it or you don't learn like really early, it's it's unbelievable. You yeah, know the right. the experiences that you know the people I've spoken to and the the, the stories that you hear. Yeah. You know, but well, it's great that you're doing this now because yeah. you know no one. I mean, can... I'm, I still feel like doing it, so I mean, I, yeah. So I'll do it, and uh, and I and I have to I must say I have to look at all these uh, situations that I've been in. As learning experiences, sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm not bitter about it. Uh, I think about it, you know, from time <laughs> to time. But, you reflect on it, but right. it doesn't. It doesn't it. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't run the ship, but right, it's definitely. Yeah, no, I couldn't. I mean, that would be awful. I'd be. In, I'd be. No. You know, I, and I've seen people like that, and they're just they're in a bad shape. I mean, they're in a bad way. I, yeah. I, and I hate that. But I mean, I'm still. I mean, hey man, I've got to play with a lady. I play with Paul McCartney. That's the biggest pop star in the world. I got to play with Lady Gaga, who I love her show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I played with Corn Bailey Ray last year. Oh yeah, you know, she's I great. I got to do some do some stuff with her, and she was wonderful. Yeah. You know, people that wanted me to play. You know, that's a to me yeah. that's just. I mean, it's so flattering. People say, "Hey, you know, would you play on my record?" That, yeah. You know, that's flattering. So, 
I uh, look at it as being, you know, it's, it's cool. Yeah. You know, after all these different things, I mean, maybe I wasn't meant to be out there singing at the time that it happened. You know, you know, it's, 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 you know, you never know. Well, you know what? If you, if the more important, I think, than anything, if you if you feel that now is the right time to do that, and you want to get that across, I mean. Well, I'm doing it. I don't know if it's going to work. I'm doing it anyway. You know. <laughs> well, then it's going to work. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, I got some good stuff. I mean, it's not what they're doing today. I mean, you know, I'm doing what yeah. what comes out of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, oh, I think that's incredible. But, um, you know, it's it's cool if it, if it you know, I enjoy doing it. I, I'm enjoying it, so yeah. it's all right. Ah, well, that you know, that's a perfect you know. note to end on. Thank you so much, right. James, for joining us okay. on the show. So great. Thank you so much.